Hello, and welcome back to Fox Populorum. My name is Mav, and I am your host. I'm joined here once again after taking a week off by my co-host, Wayne Wise. Hi, I'm back. <laughs> Party on, Wayne. <laughs> Party on, Mav. Yeah. We're never going to do that again. <laughs> because, because I've never heard that before in my life in the last 25 years. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it was totally original. I just thought of it. Um, <laughs> uh, and today we're joined by Danny Anderson. Danny is the host of the Sectarian Review podcast, a show that both Wayne and I have been on, but separately. Hey, Danny. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Hey, Danny. Thanks for coming on. Danny, what is your show about exactly? Well, that's a tough question. We uh, we hit a bunch of different topics. Uh, so my, my show is mostly about an approach uh, to thinking about the world. And so we'll do a political topic one week. We'll do a lot of pop culture topics. I usually like to try to find a particular artifact or controversy that's going on in the world that allows us to examine kind of underlying structures about how we maybe the the way the way that we get organized by our economies, our entertainments, and those sorts of things. And so, yeah, my most recent episode as of this recording, uh, I did a show about Oscar Romero. Uh, we are sort of a religious podcast, and uh, but often, you know, Chris, you were on to talk about Black Panther, and Wayne was on to talk about it and Stranger Things, and we've done music episodes. But yeah, there's sort of a, a variety of topics. It's mostly about a method of of observing culture and trying to kind of tease meaning, like broad meaning out of specific cultural artifacts, if I can put it that way. I'm an English professor, so that's kind of what I do anyways. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I thought you'd fit in great here for this conversation. Our show is it's about analyzing pop culture, but rather than analyzing one specific thing about pop culture, every week we have a different topic and we let it sort of wander around. We, we, we've been really pretty organic in coming up with topics. We had a list of like six things to talk about three weeks ago and we've talked about one of them and we've had four episodes. <laughs> it's sometimes best just to follow your nose and just sort of let, uh, let the universe dictate what you're talking about, right? And, uh, yeah. Don't want to overthink things for sure. Yeah, the, the less we can think, the better is I think a good motto. <laughs> great, great motto for a podcast about analyzing pop culture. <laughs> Everything I've learned in uh, what, 30 something years of schooling of some kind or, or another is don't think ever. Thinking's bad. Uh, makes your brain smoke. <laughs> but honestly, I think I, I love I've been I've been trying to catch up with your podcast It actually my pod catcher just caught up to it. It was able to just rec recognize it this week. And so I started listening this week and I got through your first episode uh, and I really enjoy what you guys do, the, the way you talk about culture. And uh, and that was you know origin stories and uh, comics and other things as well. Uh, I really enjoyed the nature of the conversation. It's right up my alley. And I mean, the way I got into this is to me, this is like the best parts of grad school, the worst, I mean, the best time we learn more than anything in those little bar conversations outside of class, right? Yeah. I just, yeah. And so this to me is like best I can do to replicate that now that I'm out of grad school. And that's the premise for our entire show. It's a, it's, it's a <laughs> weekly academic roundtable with beer on the internet. That is. <laughs> so what are we talking about this time? Okay. So as Wayne said earlier, um, we keep ignoring our entire list of possible topics because just interesting things keep coming up. And this week's topic I'm calling religiosity. And it was based on a very odd interaction that I had. One of the best parts about grad school is that I can do something that I just really like and say it's work. So for me, grad school is studying superheroes. And as such, I spend a lot of time lurking on Facebook groups, Tumblr groups, Reddit threads about different aspects of geek culture, particularly around comic book. There is a particular Facebook group that I read that I won't name that is essentially guys talking about sexy comic book girls. That's the whole purpose of the group. It's just pictures of, you know, isn't Supergirl hot? isn't Black Widow hot, or it might be post like, I think so-and-so should play um, Isis or 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 She-Ra or name, super, name superhero here. That's the entire group. And I've been sort of watching it for the last couple of months because I find it interesting just seeing what people come up with. But mostly it devolves into just guys posting pictures. Oh my God, she's so hot. Oh my God, she's so hot. Oh, you know, damn, that, that kind of thing. H-A-W-T, <laughs> hot. Yes, hot. Yes, there is nothing for me to add. So I just kind of do the post go and I'm like, oh, yep, that was something. And then I scroll by because there's just nothing to say other than name hot actress who's working today. And people will say, 
don't you think that she should play some character with the same color hair that she is? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is that is a lot of the post. And now I've just made fun of this poor Facebook group for the last minute. So anyway, last week, an image scrolled by in my Facebook feed from this group. And it was a picture that someone had posted celebrating the most recent issue of Bombshells. Uh, Bombshells is a DC comic that takes place in an alternate universe where... Wayne, you might be able to describe this better than me, but essentially there are very few male characters. It's it's mostly DC's female characters in all the lead roles. And late 1940s alternate Earth period beasts. Right. It takes place during World War II. And um, so Wonder Woman's in it, Batgirl's in it, but Batman's not. Superman's not in it, but Supergirl is. So since most of the male characters are missing, they have dealt with romantic elements by having, by being very pro-LGBTQ, several of the characters are depicted as lesbians. And they try to do this without being salacious, I'd say. It's actually, yeah, um, yeah it's got a very large female and large queer readership, correct? Mm. Yes, yes. Based yeah. on my experience of selling the book, yes. So in the most recent issue of Bombshells, it was, you know, at long last, Supergirl and Lois Lane became a couple. They've been flirting around for uh, some time, apparently. And so the most recent issue has the first kiss of Supergirl and Lois Lane. You can see this image on the Vox Popularum website. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll link in the show notes again. But that's the entire image. And the um, the post said, oh, my God, Supergirl and, and Lois Lane are canonically a couple. So I clicked on it because I wanted to see geeks argue about the meaning of the word canonical, which is another issue that like <laughs> that, that I have a whole chapter in my dissertation on, but I wanted to receive, see people talk about that. And that, that's what I was like, cause it's, you know, it's not canonical. It's an alternate universe. So is it canon or is it not? And I was excited. And that conversation was not there. There was like one or two people commenting on it. And instead, most of the commentary was from an individual who was absolutely shocked and astounded that DC would force this gay agenda down his throat. He could now no longer read a DC comic book. His daughters love bombshells and can no longer read any DC comic books because he's a Christian and this is how he was raised. And he went back and forth with several other people who were predictably calling him a homophobe and saying, how dare you say this? And it was just arguing him saying, I'm going to uh, see this is an audio podcast, but just imagine I'm making air quotes with my fingers. He was (laughs) attempting to quote scripture (laughs) poorly, Um, but him trying to justify his hatred of, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, not hatred because he doesn't hate gay people. He just understands that it's a sin and therefore should not be forced on him or his children. And this went on and on for a while. I spent a good 15, 20 minutes because the comments were coming fast, just reading comments going back and forth. I had to understand. So I had to actually interject and I don't very often. So I just wrote, posted one comment and I said, excuse me, I don't want to judge either way, but is it my understanding that you are using Christianity to justify your problem with homosexuality on a group which is entirely looking at pictures of women in their underwear. (laughs) And And he responded and he goes, well, that's different because there is nothing sinful about appreciating the beauty, uh, the beauty and sexuality of a natural woman. That was his actual response. Air quotes around natural. Yeah. Yeah. My response was, but she's not natural. She's a cartoon of an alien who can fly and shoot laser beams from her eyes. Um, and then they started ignoring me, but he continued to argue. And it just went on for some, it, it went on for some time. And I was fascinated by the fact that I'm fascinated by the fact they were able to ignore you. <laughs> if I, I didn't, I wasn't trying that hard. If I wanted to try, I, would, I, would, I, I could run that group right now. And so I was just, I was fascinated. Not so much that he was homophobic, but that he was able to specifically justify his religion required him to be homophobic, but also was not just okay with, but encouraged him to lust after women. It seemed to be a very specific definition of Christianity, of which I was not aware, but was wholly developed inside of this guy's mind to sort of be exactly the person that he is. 
Yeah. When you told me that story, um, when you asked me to be on the show, it was interesting to me. My mind immediately went to Trump, of course. Uh, there's this, you know, everybody's wringing their hands over how could evangelicals in particular have supported him in uh, such great numbers, given the whole moral majority and family values. Uh, they're sort of willing to uh, issue that for political uh, gain during this particular election. And all of a sudden, those things don't really matter. Uh, so I think it's kind of weirdly consistent with what is sadly, I think, a shallow uh, faith amongst a lot of professing Christians. Uh, and so I think there's something in the zeitgeist of Christianity, if you will, that kind of allows people to think of themselves in one way without any relationship to their actual being or actions, right? As if those two things are separate and, and they can maintain this kind of Oh, I guess, holy uh, perception of themselves. And so, yeah, when I heard that story, it was seemed all too familiar to me. And I guess I should say, you know, I, I am, a, you know, a person who considers himself a Christian. Um, I am not one who claims the name evangelical or the title evangelical. I've, I'm sort of I've grown up in that environment and I'm not one who has abandoned it, but I exist kind of on the margins of it. So I'm still sort of a believer. I'm sort of a dissenting voice within Christianity, I think, uh, for most people. Another thing that was um, interesting to me in there is, you know, this uh, evil vision of women kissing uh, is being sort of uh, show or shoved in his down his kids throats or something along those lines. Right. Um, and there, that's also consistent with this Christian persecution complex. And, and there's this sort of idea that um, because the culture has sort of moved on from a lot of the values that Christianity found ways to be comfortable in. And I, I think that there's this sense that now Christians are quote unquote losing freedoms and, and all this sort of thing. And, and, and I think that you get a sense of that larger um, paranoia, cultural paranoia mm -hmm. uh, in little statements like that. Yeah. And, well, and that was the interesting thing because I don't my intention when I when I called him on it was very much to not to call him out on being Christian or even on being homophobic, um, which is exactly because that's more what the argument was. There were there were people saying, no, no, no. Christianity is stupid. No, no, no. Homophobia is stupid. No, no, no. You're just a bigot. <laughs> and I didn't want to do any of that. I really just wanted to understand his specific inconsistency. And, and that's what I found interesting about it because, so he, he had specifically said, you're talking about the persecution complex. He had specifically said that one of the things that he loved about DC was that unlike Marvel, who's constantly doing that sort of thing, he expects better of DC than to, um, than to, po than to push that. Um, uh, he probably used the words SJW um, agenda down his throat the way that the Marvel Disney complex does. And now DC thinks that they have to catch up with them. And, but it was very much an I the idea of, you know, no one's forcing you to read bombshells. There are plenty <laughs> of books. <laughs> like that, that, that's, that's a very niche title that, frankly, is about lesbians. I mean, and, and I don't mean that in, I don't mean that in a way as to sort of, you know, what's interesting about bombshells, the only thing that's interesting about bombshells, out, I mean, from a, from a sort of a metacritical point of view, is that it is a non-male gazy look at alternative sexuality. <laughs> I, well, I, I think it's also very much, it's that approach of, hey, it's the 1940s and superheroes have just been created. What if it's a world where it was all women instead of all men, which is what it actually was? So they're doing this alternate history, this alternate take on, on the superhero genre from that point of view. What if this was created by and for women? What if the main characters in this world were women with a modern sensibility as opposed to the 1940s sensibility? But I, I find that interesting. It seems an alternate history. Where where things were different, and I, I think there's that that picking and choosing thing. I think there's that element of confirmation bias, mm -hmm. you know, where whether it's you reading the Bible or listening to your minister or however you you deal with your religion. There's that element of focusing on what you already believe. There, you know, I've seen a, a meme floating around for years of some you know skinhead guy who's covered in tattoos and and one of the tattoos is the anti-homosexuality quote from Leviticus which completely ignores the anti-tattoo 
quote from Nicholas Leviticus that's like two quotes later. Right. And, and this guy obviously, this guy obviously had to know. You're right, yeah. And he obviously didn't get that far. He got to the home anti-homosexual thing and went, I'm all in, and, and that was it. And he stopped reading. But it's it's that sort of thing where you pick and choose the the things that already confirm what you believe rather than looking at, at a larger, larger picture, larger issue. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I mean, go on to the Leviticus thing. If you're wearing a cotton polyester blend, you're also breaking up a particular <laughs> eating your shrimp taco, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And so, but yeah, there's, and I think you get a sense in which religion becomes kind of a site of political power uh, and, and not necessarily a devotion to something that transcends politics, right? And so, th- I mean, this is fresh in my mind because of the episode we just recorded about Oscar Romero, who's sort of famously associated with leftist politics, right? But his um, leftist politics did not allow him to kind of just assent to the Communist Party, which he saw as also kind of violating some of his um, principles about human life, you know. Um, So if you're willing to kill somebody for any kind of earthly goal, you're sort of missing the point. I mean, there are, there were uh, points at which he agreed with the kind of political complaints that the communists were making in El Salvador, right? But he also sort of was able to maintain a consistency uh, in his systems of in his system of belief that allowed him to critique the communist party where it was uh where it was necessary right and, and so and he was ultimately you know murdered um by right-wing people actually um but he uh but he he's sort of a model with which very few christians can kind of put up with today <laughs> because uh he sort of um makes you consider your faith from this larger scale i think uh, and people like this who i mean you don't have to be a christian to be anti uh, homosexual to be homophobic, right? I mean, right, there are yeah. many people who, who are, but Christianity gives them a kind of language. If you take, if you pick, pick cherry pick the Bible, uh, Christianity gives you sort of a moral authority for what is basically a bigotry, right? That I don't think mm-hmm. any truly confessing Christian would ascribe to God. He thinks we've all sinned and fallen short. No one's sin is really worse than another person's sin in God's eyes, right? But from our, our perspective, it is, I guess. It's hard because I, I think that you end up with, specifically with issues of sex, that's where because of very Western, very American, very puritanical, puritanical American hangups about sex, those are the ones where where you, where you really, really, really want to justify it. I don't think, I have never said anyone, heard anyone say, I've never heard anyone say, as a Christian, I believe it's wrong to murder people. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty much we just all kind of go with the, yeah, no murder, I'm on board with that. Um, I've also not heard, as a Christian, I think it's wrong to steal or covet. Or, you know, like there's a specific list that God gave of like 10 very big like, like 10, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and no one uses Christianity or Judaism or Islam to sort of defend their belief in no murder. We're just all on, we're all on the ner- no more, the no murder train. It, it's specifically <laughs> that, that, one of the better trains to be on. It's, right. Unless it's the right. Great Express and then, you know. <laughs> I, <right. laughs> Yeah, well, there's a lot of murder on that train. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, Check um, your tickets. Right, but but with but with um, with homosexuality, but I or not even just homosexuality. I think with sex things in in general, because of Western hangups about sex, a lot of times it's easier to just say, well. The problem with this is that God says it's wrong because it's hard to have a justification other than that. Now, of course, there's a problem that people have different interpretations of the Bible. People have different interpretations of what God said. Christianity is different than Judaism. Judaism is different than Islam. You know, maybe you're a Wiccan. Um, Hell, maybe you're Catholic versus Lutheran versus um, Baptist. Like those are all varying degrees of what God said. But it's very easy, as you said, to politically just sort of group yourself as evangelical and say, all right, well, and therefore all evangelicals must believe exactly what I believe. And, And of course, this guy that I'm referring to that sort of started this episode sort of ran into the trap of a bunch of other people saying, well, I'm a Christian. I don't believe that. I'm just fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, and, and of course, what, what was it? And of course, 
from the opposite point of view, you know, I was sort of trying to trap him with my with my question, but I would expect someone who was that devoutly evangelical to sort of be against that entire group in principle, which is it really is a lot of as I posted on the blog, it's a lot of overly sexualized pictures of female superheroes, specifically well, the opposite of what Bombshells does. It's not what Bombshells was designed to do. The the very beginning of Bombshells were cheesecake pictures and it sort of became what it became. Yeah. And and it's become an empowering book. You know, in talking to to the friends I have, the people I know who read that, you know, a lot of what they like about it is it feels very empowering. Um and I'm sure and and they did. It's like they subverted that whole here's the nineteen forties pinup girl. Now let's empower that image. So it, I think it subverts that idea. It, it's um, appropriating that imagery and, and giving it a different meaning and a different power. And, and you're right. I think the group that's just like hot doesn't really get that aspect of it. Um, and, and I think this. I don't think they care for the book. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of I don't think there's a yeah, lot they're, of. They're not, you're right. They're not readers. They're just looking at the pinups and, and saying hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I think there's a, you know, there's a, a larger, and this, this veers away from the, the religious aspect of it some, but you know, there's just that larger problem in nerd culture, you know, the, the gamer gates and, and all of that sort of thing of, and, you know, the cliche and, and we've all seen it and it's become cliche, but you know, the, the fanboy who just, you know, gets off on the, the sexy women in comics and, and, mm-hmm. and perpetuates that, that imagery, which has a, you know, that element of sexism and, and, and all of that. I, I was on, this wasn't on a group. This was on Facebook. Uh, and, and some people I know who shall also remain nameless. Someone had posted something about the Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who and Jodie Whittaker, the first woman being cast as Doctor Who. And just, and it was just like, basically, Hey, what do you think of this? And the first person who responded was, they've ruined Doctor Who forever. They've destroyed my childhood. <laughs> this is terrible. This is so stupid. And then the rest of the comments were along the lines of, yeah, but she's hot, though. I never thought I'd want to do Doctor Who. And <laughs> so, yeah. so no religion involved, but how quickly that devolved from a question about, hey, what do you think about this casting choice to a, I'd like to do Doctor Who. Uh, and Peter Capaldi probably didn't get a lot of that when it was announced, you know? <laughs> Um, so, Peter Capaldi is a good looking man. He's a little old. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You, you were going somewhere. I forgot. Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's okay. I, <laughs> but yeah, I it just, you know, and when you, when you told me this story a couple of weeks ago, you know, the thing that led to, to this podcast, yeah, I think I mentioned this to you at the store that day of just like, yes, this is, this seems typical of a lot of fan conversations about comics when, when women are involved and, and that's it's problematic. We should probably have a woman on this podcast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Great. The, the Christian angle of this does seem kind of incidental, right? I mean, I feel like this sort of conversation would happen. Um, and that was just the convenient moral stance that that guy was, that, that gave that guy his, his opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. And what it reminds me of is when we hear the phrase, make America great again, it, that, that again is referring back to, and I know that you've recently done a, a program about nostalgia and, and I wish I had gotten the chance to listen to it before this, because I'm probably going <laughs> to repeat worse the thing, worse versions of what you've said during that show. That's okay. Um, we'll, we'll be nostalgic about that show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, there, that again is referring to a time in the 1940s when the male culture was still in, in control. Right. And so you're exactly right that there's a, a very strong hang up about, um, about sex when it comes to nostalgia. And, and I think that there's something about, uh, reasserting a patriarchal sort of, um, oh, I suppose, uh, organizational model for society that uh, is sort of lost when um, all that gets challenged, in this case, by uh, some subversive gender well, politics. And with, with bombshells in particular, with it being set very specifically in the 1940s, you know, it's overtly referencing Rosie the Riveter, this time in sure. our, our country when women were going out into the workforce and, and working in the factories and the steel mills and and you know going outside of the traditional roles that had always been allowed and i think you know, that's a part of nostalgia that people forget about is you know women in the 1940s had gone very quickly from being housewife housewives and mothers and and joining the workforce and, and taking on the roles that men had traditionally taken on and 
And then very quickly, as soon as the men came back, they were all pushed back into that 1950s housewife paradigm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that is that is overlooked. And with bombshells, it's set during that time period for a reason. I, I say I, I think they're they're very aware of that that imagery. They're trying to reclaim the whole idea of women have been doing this stuff. Women have been powerful, been doing this stuff forever. But very specifically during that time period, you Wonder Woman as an icon. I've spent the last year doing a Wonder Woman history presentation. Um, and you know, and her origins, the things that led into her creation go back to the suffrage movement, the 19 teens. And yeah, I can show you political cartoons that were anti-feminist and, and how the women's movement appropriated a lot of that imagery at the time. And those things led very overtly into the strides that were made in the 1940s and since then. So, so that was happening throughout that era. And I, I think you know, that is forgotten or it's overwritten or what's the, the sexist version of whitewashed, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's been manwashed. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I very specifically didn't want to call this episode, you know, the Christianity episode, because I, I don't think it's a Christian problem. I think it no. is a I think it's a religiosity problem. And I and I don't even want to say religion because it was very specific in the way I was thinking about it, because you said it, we, we were saying that guy wasn't really I mean, you're right. That guy wasn't really trying. He wasn't really trying to proselytize. I don't think he was really trying to to convert anybody to whatever his specific church was. What he was saying, what he was really saying was, I, you know, I have more authority to have exactly the opinion that I do. And anybody who doesn't believe this is wrong. So essentially he's identity politicking. And that's not weird in fandom culture even when you don't have a religious point of view, like he, you know, he made his offhanded right. comment and it was very offhanded, but he, but his, but he said, I don't want to, I don't want DC to do this because they're supposed to be better than the way Marvel pushes their SJW agenda down my throat. <laughs> and that's, that's a religion. The Marvel versus DC religious fight right, has been yes. going on as long as there have been. Two <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And, and when you get into, um, I mean, I think one of you used the term canon, actually, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, that's a overly, I mean, that's a specifically religious term, right? And, I, I, and, I, I believe in the Marvel orthodoxy. I, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? But what that, what's at stake there, though, is a, a religious kind of problem. And when you get the reaction to any sort of, I mean, the, the reaction to what Disney's doing with the Star Wars movies, for example, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've got these sort of, toxic fan culture that behaves a lot like toxic masculine culture. And there's a lot of overlap there, of course, mm -hmm. because of the nature of what yeah. Disney's doing with those stories. Um, but yeah, there is this sense at which they have ignored or scrubbed away a canonical version of, uh, of, of this story that I, I have some special relationship with. Right. And therefore I kind of own on some level and I'm the caretaker for it and they've done things without my permission. Right. And, and so that, <laughs> To, 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 to utilize a religious term, they find it apocryphal. Yeah, exactly. At best, right? If not heretical. Yeah, uh, right. Right. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. And, and so I think that, that you're exactly right to um, say that, I mean, that there is a religious element to this. And I, I do thank you, Chris, for um, not just sort of painting all Christians with this brush. I mean, within... There's a there's a form of Christianity that is highly critical of the right wing of Christianity, and it's not just progressive Christians. There are uh, a whole body of conservative Christians who um, are appalled by Trump and are pushing back on people who who support him and and these sorts of things. And so this is a a particular version of Christianity, and it's dangerous to use this as the lens through which you imagine all Christians, right? And so I do appreciate I do appreciate that. That's really important. Now you're, you're absolutely right. Whatever the various belief systems are of you, any of the three of us or anybody listening, I, I, I think that's a really important point. This, the purpose of this conversation is not to, to bash Christianity. It's, it's uh, uninformed opinions or, or yeah. not well thought out opinions or, or opinions that rely on an assumed authority that doesn't necessarily, that isn't necessarily understood. 
Yeah, and it's fascinating the way it intersects and, and yeah. looks, it was almost indistinguishable exactly. from yeah. fandom, right? And so I think it's a fascinating question to use. It's almost like we're using religion as a metaphor to understand a certain well, kind I, of fandom. And, and that, that metaphor, I have a, a long-term customer um, just has, has been shopping at our store since long before I, I worked there. He's a, a huge DC fan and he is religiously DC. Like he's just, he doesn't buy Marvel, <laughs> period. If it's a DC book, he buys it. Um He's he's a gay man. Uh, his husband has a daughter from a, a previous relationship. And a couple of years ago, this guy came in and he's like, I don't know. She's getting into Marvel. I, I, I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> and I'm just like, now you need to be patient. Just remember when, when you were exploring lifestyles that your parents didn't understand. You, you And my relationship with this guy is enough that he completely got and thought it was hysterical. But you just need, need to let her explore her own path. <laughs> <laughs> But and, and that's fascinating to me because I mean essentially what he's saying is you know well no daughter of mine is going to read these books right? <laughs> and, and he he was, he was saying it very tongue in cheek but yeah exactly yes no daughter of mine is going to read Marvel <laughs> it's like she it's like the the bishop's daughter brought a Jew home or something right, right? right. <laughs> well, but but that's why I mean it's sort of I I have I have made the joke at some point someone asked me you know I I, w- I was raised Lutheran I was raised by a relatively Actually, my mother would say she's particularly religious. And someone asked me why I wasn't anymore. And, 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 you know, I had no good answer. This is a longstanding joke on my blog, but just I needed a quick answer. So my rant, my answer was, I don't need religion. I have Batman. Because uh, <laughs> Batman can teach me every every possible. And, and, and I, I keep saying it that way because it's what I said the first time. Probably yeah. it's not it's not the best answer because Batman is kind of psychotic and not really. Right. Right. But, and, 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 and I mean, well, okay, but that's not that far removed from a lot of religions, Matt. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually thinking uh, right before we started recording, Wayne sent us this blog post, um, this uh, atheist blog post about, uh, you know, the, the what's wrong with Christianity. And I've been sort of uh, picking through it. And he sort of is really critical of the Old Testament God of, of justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's basically Batman, though, right? right. Isn't it? I mean, yeah, right. I mean Matt is an Old Testament yeah, guy. And, and this, yeah. this, this link was something someone had forwarded to us on the, on the blog, um, said just about the the book is what the God delusion by Richard Dawkins, yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, and and the blog. The blog itself is is very definitely uh, pretty anti religion. I will say, um, just uh, like as I read through it, this kind of atheist, and I'm not like in someone who picks on atheists at all. Like I, I respect atheist positions, but this form of atheism treats the Bible much more literally than most, most confessing Christians, Christians well, do. I, right? I, you know, and so they're, they're the source of their critiques are kind of very well, fundamentalist I, I, ones. I, I, and I, that's it. I found a lot of atheists to be more fundamentalist than a lot of Christians. Yes. Like they, 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 they proselytize to their point of view. And if you don't believe what they believe, then you're wrong. And, and that sounds, <laughs> that sounds very much like very conservative Christianity to me. For the purposes of of this conversation because I, this, is, this is sort of an, a secular and agnostic conversation. The specific God or the religion doesn't matter. And so for the purposes of this conversation, atheism is a religion. What, yeah. we're, what we're criticizing is fundamentalist, not necessarily, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily religions. Fundamentalist be that uh, someone made a comment uh, very recently to, uh, not to me, I was just sort of following an argument um, on another blog or, or a podcast or something. And someone uh, was, d- the, the the woman speaking, well, it was a podcast because the woman speaking was a Muslim woman and she was sort of defending her faith. And, uh, and the question was to the effect of, but, Muslims cause 9-11 or something like that. You know, something. <laughs> and, um, and her response was, no, Al-Qaeda caused 9-11. Like, by making that, that assumption that this is what Muslims believe, this is essentially saying Catholics are the KKK. The KKK are Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, or, or they're Christians. I believe they're actually started out of Catholicism, but it doesn't matter. The KKK are a bunch of nut jobs with a very specific yeah. version of, of a religious faith, as are, you know, as is ISIS or Al Qaeda, as are a certain level of atheists, as are a certain level mm-hmm. of anything. You know, having a, having a, 
stance on your belief system, I'm not even going to say your religion, your ideology to the point that you are willing to harm others either through violence or just by disempowering them as, um, as we might do through laws or whatever is that's a problem. Yeah. The fundamentalist rigidity of ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting actually that you mentioned the KKK because they were actually founded as virulently um, anti-Catholic. Um, and so they, the Catholics are actually one of the groups that they were sort of persecuting and, and targeting. These were, you know, wasps, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. And, and, and yet when they developed their, their quote unquote religion, their group, let's call it, um, what did they do but mimic the very thing that they're, they hate the yeah. most, right? They, with the robes and everything. And so this is actually a very interesting feature of, um, any kind of reactionary movement is that it ends up just sort of reproducing the very same kinds of social structures. And in this case, aesthetic structures. Yeah. yeah. The, the Nietzschean thing, they become what they hate and you know, they've stared, <laughs> they stare into their fist. Uh, just like, yeah, as Nietzsche, as Nietzsche wrote about um, liberalism and just kind of reinventing Christianity and all mm-hmm. the things that Nietzsche saw wrong with Christianity, this kind of, um, uh, you know, elevation of the weak and that sort of yeah, thing. Well, That's and, what liberalism and, does. And, too. and you know, one of the lessons of, of superheroes that I've read you know, my entire life is the you know, don't become your enemy. You know, did, yeah. <laughs> what, what makes us any better than those we fight if, if you are using the same methods? Mm-hmm. But it's almost inescapable. It feels like you just can't not do it. If you're, yeah, yeah, if, right. if, you, yeah. if you, if you define yourself by what you are not, it's almost inevitable that you just sort of, uh, reproduce the thing that you hate. Uh, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's, it's fascinating. There was these two guys who escaped in the sane asylum with a flashlight. I, I almost don't want to explain that. Just, it, it just know, yeah. anybody, yeah. <laughs> anybody like, listens that, podcast should get that. Yes. Well, and, and I don't know if that's true. But Not yet. I was forwarded a link to a story in the news recently about a specific Catholic university that is using their faith as a reason to sort of ignore government regulations on what to do with uh, with sex with with sexual allegations sex, sex crime allegations on campus and they're using their faith as a reason to ignore that which is sort of problematic but there's been a controversy over they fired someone who complained about it and there's been and this has turned into a Twitter flame war where certain people were going back and forth about what's christian what's not christian and then it became as with any flame war, the worst people are the loudest. So you end up with a lot of people who are, you know, oh, the Zionist Jews, and then a lot of people blaming George Soros for funding certain individuals. It was very, very crazy. And then a guy came out and wrote about it, and he he put it in his own pop culture view, where Pete Berry here, he talks about it with wrestling with anti-Semitism. And he basically tells the story about how he was trained to be a professional wrestling referee by a Jewish man and how they disagree entirely on faith and have become very good friends. Uh, and, and, and he wrote a lovely blog post, which I will link on our site, uh, about looking beyond what your faith is and it being okay to sort of reach across and be friends with other people. And that's sort of normal human behavior. This is what we do every day. I happen to currently prefer more Marvel comics than DC comics. I'm not devoted to that. If DC becomes better, then I might switch. If image becomes better, I'll switch to them. But there's a certain kind of person who does have what we tend to call a religious devotion to one specific thing. As we record this, the Avengers movie is premiering tonight. And there are people who are fans of the DC characters who are willing to fight anybody who loves Marvel because why didn't you love Justice League? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the theaters are, are full of the, the churchgoers tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there's like a lack of ecumenicism, I suppose, uh, in, in popular culture, right? We are sort of, there's, I mean, it's probably, I mean, it it's, should not even be surprising, I suppose, um, when in an era of, you know, of re- decreasing official religiosity, 
you know, what is taking its place, like I said before, is going to look exactly like the thing that it's displacing. And so I think that the, this, uh, this partisanship or this, uh, denominationalism, whatever you want to call it, this, uh, uh is probably should not surprise us, I suppose. And this is an interesting argument. I hadn't considered that. You're saying that perhaps religious fights or and I mean that literally fights between religions aren't about the religions at all. But as humans, we like to fight over sort of a binary partisan um, ideology. And it doesn't matter what the ideology is. So lacking a religion, we'll fight. Over we, just like to, we just like to fight. Right. Lacking religion, we'll fight over football. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I've. I've become, you know, increasingly sort of interested in leftist politics and, and the more I sort of, you know, learn about that world. I mean, talk about my podcast is called the sectarian review. Talk about sectarianism run amok, uh, is in, on the left. I mean, I'm not talking about liberals. I'm not talking about like MSNBC. I'm talking about like the, you know, the radical left. I mean, that's a circular firing squad. I mean, they, they find ways to, you know, the Trotskyists will, uh, crap on the situationalists and <laughs> there's still some, you know, whatever tankies and all whatnot. And so whatever sort of subgroup you sort of define yourself in, um, retains a lot of that sectarian, uh, those, those features of sectarianism. And, and when you have a, a group like, you know, Jacobin magazine or something, which kind of in the DSA, which sees themselves as kind of sort of big tent, uh, socialist organizations. I mean, people crap on them for being, you know, big tent. And so, um, I, I don't know that I would say that it's necessarily, I think that formally they look that those, the conflicts look alike. I'm not, I guess I have not prepared to go all the way and say that there's no sort of meaning to the religious conflicts themselves. I mean, certainly there are, I mean, our worldviews are dictated. I mean, I mean, we see the world through the lenses of these, of these religions that we adopt. Right. And so there are, there are things at stake, but uh, certainly there's a lot of formal resemblance between <laughs> the uh, the conflicts that we see within uh, between religions and the conflicts that we see between various fandoms. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in fandom, I suppose it's a little I mean, nobody's going to I mean, you know, you're not going to expect that much bloodshed at a. a Trekkie Star Wars, you know, rumble. Right. But, uh, but I mean, so I suppose it's always, it's a, it's a, a safer version of that, but yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question though, Chris. I, I, I think it's definitely something to consider and, and I have been, you know, very interested in those questions. Yeah, I, I think you know, on some level there's that whole, you know, whether it's Marvel DC or Steelers versus, you know, some other team <laughs> shows how much I pay attention. <laughs> there, there's something apologies. I mean, something in Steelers fans. He meant Steelers versus Ravens. Just just pretend he's yeah, <laughs> or the Patriots or or whoever. That would have also been um, acceptable. Yeah, but <laughs> but there, there's um, there's that tribal thing we all get into. You know, I, I've I've read and you know, I can't quote where or whatever, but the idea that just as human beings. We're only able to process around, you know, another two to 300 other human beings as actual human beings and everybody else is just conceptual. Mm -hmm. And so, so we identify with a group and, and whether it's our, our social group or our family or the Avengers, you know, whatever, everything else becomes other by default. And we get so involved in our, you know, it, it's, it is, it's identity politics. I'm a Marvel fan. You know, you identify as that. And I, I use that as an example. I've, I've always been more of a, Marvel fan than a DC fan, but I read both. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really very accepting of. Com I love comics. Uh, <laughs> I, I try not. Don't want to start a war with the DC people out there. Um, <laughs> but but we do. I mean, it becomes a part of of our identity, and then anything that challenges that identity is something that we we want to defend. It, it feels personal. You know, I I'm a I run this is a story. You know, I, I characters. I'm. I'm a Hawkeye fan. If somebody's bad mouthing Hawkeye, I find myself being like, hey, 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 <laughs> you know, he's better than Green Arrow. It's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but it just as, as a simple example, but you, anything that challenges our own personal sense of who we are becomes a threat. And, and I think we all respond to that in a, a fight or flight, you know, one of those ways. And, and the more important that identity is to us, you know, I, I joke about the Hawkeye thing and the Marvel thing, but I'm obviously not basing my life on that. Religion is a much more personal thing. I mean, th this is 
you know, without exaggeration, this goes down to your soul. And when, and when something, when something challenges that, that's a deep challenge to who you are as an individual and, and the need to defend yourself through defending the faith or whatever it is you believe in, I think just becomes, I think it almost becomes like it's, it's self-preservation. It, it, it is, I say that I said fight or flight already, but there's an element of that to it. I believe. Yeah. I, I fully believe that. I mean, I think we kind of mistakenly, I think just assume that we rationalize our ways through the world, right? That we, we observe events and process information and then create an identity based on that when it's just as likely that, um, or probably more so the case that the cultural positions that we take up either through a religion or through whatever heroes or whether comic heroes that we tend to sort of gravitate towards, um, those, um, beliefs or tastes or whatever they are, they filter the, what we see uh, coming in and they filter the way we process information and come to understand the world even. And so to challenge those things is not just to challenge something that I think, but it's to challenge my kind of uh, moral compass, my, the, the way I actually navigate the world. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and so, yeah, to tell someone who loves the Punisher that he's a, you know, a fascist maniac, uh, theoretically. Right. Uh, and so, but that, but because they, it's not just that they enjoy it as entertainment, whether they know it or not. In some ways, they internalize that as an identity, mm-hmm. which, then, you know, I would imagine someone's done some dissertation work on this. Punisher fans are probably higher level members of the NRA or something <laughs> than, uh, than whatever yeah. other kind of fan, you know. And so, yeah, I, I, those kinds of tastes shape uh, political opinions and beliefs and everything else. And so, yeah, it, you should expect some sort of pushback when we, uh, you know, challenge the canon as we've perceived yeah. it so far. I, I'm going to be getting disgruntled emails from Green Arrow, Green Arrow fans now. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and But that becomes an interesting thing. So, so, I, so as you were speaking, I was thinking, well, let's think, where, where do these, for lack of a better term, religious arguments really, really happen? We use that term lightly, but... I don't think that um, I'll be geeky. There are in, in, in programming and in computer programming, there are Emacs people and there are VI people who are wrong. And, and no one is ever yeah. going to fight over being Emacs or VI. You just sort of make fun of each other. Um, people, yeah. people will. I have seen fights and stands at Steelers games or at Brown's right. game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't happen as much in comic book or geek communities. But it does happen. Yeah, I, I, I have it seen. It does happen. Yeah, I have yeah, seen. I don't, I, don't see the, I don't see the bloodshed, but I, I've seen really heated arguments in the store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my favorite things recently, and, and I've, I've had this with a couple people, you know, they're on YouTube and they're watching the, the versus videos, so-and-so versus so-and-so. And, and they come up with a reason why they won and, and like, they're appalled. They're like, they're completely wrong. Like one guy was kind of losing his mind over, over how wrong this, who, who would have won this supposed battle between a Marvel character and a DC character was. And I'm like, you, you know, this is just like one guy's opinion and he right. made a, a video, right? Like you can go on YouTube and do the same thing. Yes. <laughs> you can start, yeah. you're honest to God, you can start your own podcast and talk about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just, all you have to do is buy a couple of microphones. It's not hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's, that becomes interesting because there is such an investment in it. And I think, again, we said identity. No one ever says, what are you? And you're like, well, first and foremost, I'm a Superman fan. That's not really a comment that people say. But first and foremost, I am a Christian. Absolutely. First and foremost, I am a Steelers fan. Absolutely. And there are there are people I, I shouldn't say no one because there are people whose entire identity is based around being a comic book fan, being a Star Trek fan. There is a certain level of fan who travels from convention to convention. You know, the, the Trekkies are are probably more famous for this in cosplay. And that's sort of what you do. Um, there's a certain level of fan who, until Jerry died, followed the Grateful Dead everywhere they went. And then when he died, oh my God, I guess I have to follow fish now. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. (laughs) (laughs) He he will never hear this, but this is dedicated to my coworker, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) But but that becomes, you know, there are a certain passion to 
you know, I mean, you said it's a battle for your soul, but that's sort of what it is. When something is that integral to your identity, where you're like, I, you know, I am a Christian, I am a Steelers fan, I am a Grateful Dead fan, then I think it becomes a lot more important to defend it. And maybe that's yeah. what, what you're looking at when you're looking at someone who looking at the the worst of humanity when when gamergate happened or you know just the the kinds of death threats that women get for daring to write a comic book for marvel or dc yeah. um what that what that's happening what's happening there is you're looking at somebody who said look my identity is this has been my batman forever I've, you know, I've grown up with this character. I am a Batman fan. This is what Batman is to me. And now you're taking it away from me and making it something else. It's, it's the make a great America great thing that Danny pointed to at the beginning. You're changing something that I want. And that feels like you're taking away power from me. Mm-hmm. Well, and yes, it's this, here's this thing that I've always identified with and I can no longer identify with it. And and that's wrong. You know? Yeah. And it's like losing a part of, I mean, a core part of your belief. And I suppose it's like, you know, from a religious perspective, if someone is, you know, reacting that strongly about, you know, a sport or, you know, even, you know, I, I love comics as well. Right. But, but even if there are the, these characters that we love and these movies that we love, um, there's probably some kind of disordered priorities going on there. Right. <laughs> you know, and so there should be, uh, yeah, there's something a little bit out of whack in terms of what you are prioritizing as central to your identity. Um, but, and, and I wonder, and I haven't thought about this enough to speak coherently. Let me just raise the question, how much consumerism as a economic kind of factor in our lives that organizes not just the way we shop and the things we buy, but the way that we actually assemble our identities through the purchases that we make. Um, I, I'm sure that there's something to be, you know, elaborated on. Yeah, there yeah, about yeah that. I think absolutely. Consumer culture has, has defined a lot of you know, the last the last culture. Yeah. I mean, the, the God we all worship in this country is mammon, you know, the, the God of wealth. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, yeah. and, and nobody will, you can admit to that or acknowledge it or know who mammon is. I'm, I'm a miss geek. Um, but, <laughs> but, but it is, it's, it's very much that idea of, you know, what, what do we all, what do we pay tribute to? It's the idea of wealth and making money and, and, and making money to buy our geek toys and, and comics and that sort of thing. But, you know, it, and this gets into issues of capitalism and, and all of that stuff. But yeah, it's, we all have, we all build our altars. You know, I have an altar full of action figures and books, uh, to, yeah. to the things that, that, that move me that I believe in. And, and is that really any different psychologically than building an altar to, you know, pick the God of your choice? Sure. Yeah. And even the atheist is worshiping on, in a sense, you know, rationality right, right. or some sort of enlightenment principles yeah. of things. Right. Yeah. Well, it's why it's why you have I mean, you have churches of secular humanism specifically yeah. so yeah. that you can have a morality, a organized religion around. Well, a what, lack of God. What, what was it? I think you're the one who yeah. came up. We talked about this years ago, Mav, that, you know, Wednesday's new book day and, and you, my store is the church of every Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I do, you know, the adherents come in at the same time every week. If, if Mav's not there between three and four, four thirty, I start to worry. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there are people I've seen once a week, every week for 21 years, uh, short of vacations and, and illnesses. Uh, and, you know, and it's, it yeah. is like, it, like this is a once a week stop and those patterns have changed, but that's a whole other conversation about the comics industry. But yeah, I, you know, I, I know a lot of my customers are far more regular at my store than they are at any church. And that becomes, you know, when we're talking about identity as sort of religion, who's to say what the right answer is? And I don't mean that, I don't mean that sort of, um, like, which, which jokingly. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean as a God, even. Yeah, right. I mean, 
I, I mean, if, if, if God is important in your life and you, you know, you have your life, your identity that you define around some way for some of us, it's around many, many things. I, you know, we're talking about pop culture on this show because this is what we decided to make the show about. But, um, I, I'm a huge football fan. Do not get between me and me on a steel or Sunday. I don't want to do anything else. That's yeah. I, I, I plan my day around it. Um, and if you're, you know, but you've got that, uh, Wayne, you're a huge music fan. You yeah. will, there's how many, how many times have you seen kiss in concert? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I, I go to shows. I still go to shows. I, I buy music. I download music. I right. stream music. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge part yeah. of my identity. Right. Some, for some people, this is politics. For mm. some people, this is actual religion. But um, there are things that we base our life around. And I don't know that I can say it's wrong to base your life around, I'm going to say Deadpool. <laughs> it's weird <laughs> to me because I don't like Deadpool. But, uh, but yeah. lots of things are weird to me. I've never been in a really big argument or fist fight over David Bowie. Oddly enough. Uh, <laughs> are you a thin white I, I, dude I, I'm, man? I'm more, or I'm a, more Ziggy uh, Aladdin <laughs> Sane era. It's a whole range, but if I have yeah. to pick an arrow, that's it. Uh, <laughs> but there is there is like a, a way in which I feel like oh I I like uh, I like his earlier really work, this later stuff. So yeah, I mean the people with any fandom do that as well. Um, yeah, yeah. There is a way in which though that I, I feel like, and I don't know what kind of metaphysical philosophy you know gives you these gives us these kind of standards. You should be able to not be violent either emotionally or physically or verbally towards someone with whom you disagree. Yeah. Right. Uh, they're, 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 that's a, that's a problem in the, going back to the original um, subject here, uh, somebody who has to lash out in that way, uh, that does seem to violate some sort of universal standard just of, of living in a, a yeah. society. Yeah. <laughs> I right. I mean, we can wrap up here because I think what it really comes down to, and this is the difference between religion and religiosity, I think, um, or at least the way that I meant it when I chose that, that title, it was never that guy's intention to convert anyone to, he never even said which flavor of Christianity he liked. He didn't say what denomination he was. He never said he was Catholic. He never said he was Protestant. I don't know. I, I don't know what church he went to. If any. He never said, yeah, if any, what, what his point was, he could have ignored it entirely the way I ignore almost everything that goes by in that group. He wanted to yeah. point out what was wrong with showing two women kissing. That was his point. So really the religion was just an excuse. And I think that's the issue. So, so he's, he's a social injustice warrior then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it could just come down to not being the venue, yeah, right. right? I mean, you don't go, you don't go fight somebody about Batman or Superman right. at <laughs> church, right? I mean, like, there's just there are points at which your thing isn't relevant, and the moment that right, you're existing, right? right? right. And so, now, I, I have a a group of uh, former customers. I'm friends with all of them on Facebook. There, there was a group of guys who were all going to seminary in Pittsburgh, uh, and and most of them are out. They they have their own churches now. They've they've moved on to different places and they would come in and talk about Batman every week. And then we used to joke about the seminarians coming in and these guys were awesome. And I know for a fact, they are all utilizing comics in their sermons every week. So, so as, mm. and I, I think that's fantastic. So, so does this bring us to the end of our God cast? Uh, oh, <laughs> see, nice. see now, now I have to go and rename all the. I used the, I, I said popcast for like the first three episodes, and I've got to go re dub it in because Godcast is a better name. Or I can just be, or I can just be lazy, and and which is what I think I'm going to do. And and even though that's a cool name, that will be another show. Yeah, I think it's. A, um, Danny, we want to thank you for coming on. This fantastic, Danny. Thank you very much. You will be back. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate. I always love talking to you guys. I met you. We. Uh, I work at a little place called Mount Aloysius College, and we host a, a charity Comic Con every October. Uh, and you know, tell your listeners that they should check it out next year. Yeah, yeah, I hope you guys come back again. I met you guys there. We'd love to. And we yeah, hit it absolutely. off that way. Absolutely. <laughs> I had a lot of fun that day. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, totally yeah right. so I'm really happy to know you. I, I, I love the conversation. Yeah. Um, and you can definitely check out Danny's podcast, uh, The Sectarian Sectarian Review. Is it sectarianreview.com or thesectarianreview.com? Uh, sectarianreviewpodcast.com. Podcast.com. Yeah. And I will, that will, of course, be linked in the show notes. Uh, uh, do you have a Twitter handle or anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, well, this, yeah, I don't do much on the, sec, the show page. It's at Sectarian Review. My Twitter is Danny. Yeah. What is my Twitter? Danny P. Anderson. Yeah, at Danny's Twitter as much as I do, I see. Um, yeah, well, well, I use it a lot. I just never look at my, my name, actually. I think it's at Danny P. Anderson. It's a picture of me and Freddy Krueger right now. So, <laughs> From Steel City Con a few weeks ago, or a few months ago. So. And you can follow our show, of course, on at Vox Popcast or on Facebook.com slash Vox Popcast or um, www.voxpopcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, wherever else podcasts come from. I, we're on Google Play. It's been, you know, subscribe to us, leave us comments, leave us notes. Follow our blog at voxpopcast.com or on the Facebook page so that you know what the next topic is going to be and you can comment, leave us reviews, tell us what you'd like to see, volunteer to be on the show. Uh, Wayne, anything you'd like to uh, That's pretty much it. You know, I, I have my, my blog, uh, wayne-wise.com. I have Twitter, but you're never going to hear me saying anything there, so I don't know if you need to follow it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And my, my and my blog, of course, other than the Vox Popcast blog, is chrismaverick.com, all one word. I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, there will be a review of the next Avengers movie, so you can go read that. I would also like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our theme music, which is playing right now. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you Thanks. next time. Bye. Bye, guys.